amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, you are tuned in to Incantation Nation. I am your enchantress. Hedera Bindwood, and today is Friday, the 25th of September. Uh, it is Maidentide, and we have an excellent show planned for you all. Um, Bradwick, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing quite well, Hedera. How are you? Um, I'm looking kind of like I was a, in a fight in a back alley somewhere I'm having like I had a procedure done on Wednesday and it left me looking a little lumpy and it's not a facelift no thank you though guys Um, (laughs) but the procedure has triggered uh, an allergic response which makes my face red so I truly look like someone you would find in an alley behind a bar and that's not a, a good look for someone as single as I am. You know what I'm saying? That, that's quite the visual there. <laughs> you like the visuals. Come on now. <laughs> so so what do you think, like if you could give me one word on how this week has felt to you, Bradwick, how would you characterize your personal response? Response to the past seven days since we uh, last recorded our inaugural show on the 18th. One word. What do you What you got? One word. Yeah. So a, that a was very two long. Words. I I know I know. All right, let me start another. What? <laughs> long. I mean, I'm That's just. The words really escape me. It's just been one of those weeks. Yeah. Like, you know, we've lived four years worth of aging and trauma in the past seven days. Um, My goodness. I mean, between RBG passing, like, you know, moments before our first show went on air to – Trump's fuckery regarding the Supreme Court replacement um, that he is, you know, going through with. We know that that's Amy Coney Barrett, I believe is her name, is what I heard. Um, And then we have this ridiculous, outrageous um, miscarriage of justice in the Breonna Taylor case. And and we pass two hundred and five thousand COVID deaths. We're at almost you know 
a quarter of a million, seven million people infected. You uh-huh. know, I'm 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 still, you know, in quarantine twenty eight weeks after uh the pandemic was declared and we're just a a global embarrassment. I've been reading and I'm sure you guys have too uh, I've been reading the the headlines, and we are third world country that previous to 2016 was, you know, a fairly good iteration of a first world country, you know? Right. And we actually have, Bradwick, um, listeners and uh, villagers and citizens of Incantation Nation in uh, other countries. Um, I could name two or three off the top of my head. Um, in Canada and England and South Africa and Spain, um, I actually am going to use the next seven days to get a hold of them because I would really love for us to know you know, what's what's the chatter? Like, what's the actual conversation going on in all these countries that will no longer let us in? Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, it's and I, that thought has crossed my mind here recently. You know, when all of this started with, uh, with COVID, you know, we kept hearing about what other mm-hmm. countries were doing. That kind of simmered right. down. We don't really hear much about that anymore. You know, it, and so now well, there is like this, he doesn't he doesn't want us to, you know. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I'm very interested to see what uh the the chatter is, um across the waters there. Right, because you know that, you know, media may not necessarily, and I mean, um, I'm going to just go out on a limb here and say that we don't get too much. Uh, awareness of what other, you know, grassroots organizations in other countries um, are doing filtered into United States news because they've got to represent, you know, the business of the day. But we have people on the ground. I mean, we have citizens of Incantation Nation in Portland and Minneapolis and, you know, Frankfort County, Kentucky. Um, and we, we can, um, we can establish that same network overseas. So any of our folks who are listening to the podcast tonight, give us a, uh, a call or an email Incantation Nation 2020, uh, post to our Facebook page, Incantation Nation. Tell us what's going on over there in terms of, you know, what's the groundswell? Is there, is, are the effects of what's happening in the United States creating movement and awareness in those streets, in those countries? Um, because I would I would love to hear what pagans and witches are experiencing overseas. Yeah. What do you think of that? For Brent? sure. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, again, if for you guys sure. want to call in, 
uh, you can reach us at 516-387-1776. How fantastic. Uh, <laughs> um, it actually looks like... About... <laughs> We've... Well, hold on, because I was just going to make a comment on how old I am. 1776. Um, I was five years old when the country had its bicentennial in 1976. And so if you hear me make generational jokes, you know, you can, yes, feel free to roast me on our page. Um, (laughs) But go ahead, Bradwick. Do you you have somebody uh, in the abyss? That we're waiting for. Yeah, I've uh, I've got several people here uh, in the abyss. Um, so let give me a moment. I'll go pull them out of there. We'll see who Fantastic. we got. I'm looking for Lauren Harris, my beautiful daughter, by another mother. Our community is diverse, and I've made a commitment to making sure that we have guests on the show uh, from, from like I said before, different generations um, in different occult and pagan witchcraftian traditions, um, uh, whether or not, um, you know, they are of one persuasion or another, that's regardless, because voice makes incantation nation what it is, and it is the strength of that diversity that makes this a well-rounded and comprehensive conversation. Um, so, and again, I encourage folks, if, if you've got something to say and there's some uh, issue that you would like to bring awareness to or even ask, of Incantation Nation, please do uh, send us your question and your comments to IncantationNation2020 um, at yahoo.com, but also on our Facebook page so that we can make sure your voice is raised because we're into that. Bradwick, who have you pulled from the abyss? Uh, I have pulled Lauren from the abyss. Asking you shall Yeah. Hi. Hi, Lauren. Hi. Hi, baby. How are you? I am decent at best. Um, okay. Do you tell me what, just so that um, folks can relate um, to what your experience of this past week or the past six months even have been like for you. Um, Why don't you share with us your response um, to this week? Well, I mean, it's been a really overwhelming week because, you know, not only am I 22, but I'm black and I'm woman. Right. You know, losing RBG right before the election was not an easy task. I mean, not an easy. It wasn't easy. You know, and now we have this woman who is just a dead set Christian who will likely be her replacement. 
And, um, you know, it's it, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's dying wish was to be replaced right. the election. And the fact that someone who I know she wouldn't approve of is sitting and is in waiting to replace her, just it baffles me. And then right. you know, Rihanna Taylor, the whole situation is just, oh, my God, it hurts. I mean, it does. And that's, for lack of a better you know, words, it just hurts. And to see people sort of, you know, taking the seriousness away by claiming the, the, you know, claiming gun rights, claiming that her boyfriend was the reason she was killed. Like, just a right. lot of people forgetting what it means to actually be American and to protect your home and just dismissing all of that. And we all know why, you know. Well, it, right, we, right. Go ahead. No, I was I was going to say because, you know, they're a young black couple protecting their home, that was, you know, that's people's justification for her death, and that just hurts. Well, and that's, that's the word, too, is justification, because that was what was uh, espoused on – um, on news when when that whole indictment for another charge was listed in, instead of any culpability for what happened to Brianna. I mean, the answer was they were justified. I mean, that's actually in the comments um, mm-hmm. about, you know, the three or four. I don't even know how many people. I think they're citing – three individuals responsible um, for that whole altercation, uh, police officers, but to argue that this was justified. I mean, that's just, it's indecent. It's inhuman, you know? And I th- um, tell, tell me how this makes you feel in terms of being a new mom and oh, the God. mother of a beautiful black son. And baby, if you need to cry, then <laughs> you say what you need to say because there are people listening and they need to know that you hurt the way they hurt. And well, this week, it's been a long year this week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, it, it has been. And to be to... Oh, gosh. Okay. (laughs) First of all, I wanted to say that the officer who was indicted was indicted and charged with wanton endangerment. Right. And a reckless, I forget the exact wording that they used, but I think it was along the lines of, like, a reckless, like, what is it? He didn't care about life, human life. And they essentially charged him for shooting into the apartments of her neighbors, not killing her. Right. But in the white folks the lives of her behind neighbors. her apartment. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty much. And to hear that and to break it down as the walls of her neighbor's apartment <laughs> receiving more justice than she did. Exactly. And to be a young black woman and to put myself in her shoes or the shoes of her sisters or the shoes of her friends. And to think that she just, all of this was, you know, all of the Twitter posts, all of the 
Facebook posts, everything, everyone shared, all the information that was, you know, given about her and her life and how important she was and how wonderful she was. None of that mattered the other day. None of it mattered. And everything that we did as individuals to try to seek some sort of justice for her was essentially fruitless. And to (laughs) feel so small in our Mm -hmm. justice system and as though, you know, millions and millions of people wanting justice for this woman and nothing happened. It's just so hopeless and so bleak. And to look but, my son in the eye. Right. What, what, what will you say to him? You know what I mean? I mean, he's a, he's a baby brought into this world that prior to 2016 was beautiful and ordered and um, yes, there were huge faults, but oh my God, has, you know, 2016 to 2020 has just shown us how much we've lost in terms of decency and civility. Um, do you feel like this has strengthened your reach for witchcraft or pagan community to shore you up during crises, multiple crises like this? Well, honestly, yeah, it has made me, it's made me seek more black people who view the world the same way I do. And that's not to say that I don't love pagan family I have, but Mm -hmm. as far as experience goes, there's just there are just certain things that I can't share with the pagan people that I grew up loving so much. There are just experiences that we don't have in common. There are just, you know, things that I need to, to speak about that I can't with you right. or Neve or, you know, no matter how much I love you and no matter how much I know that you see me, mm-hmm. it just, there's, there's always going to be a disconnect because I'm black and the way that I've experienced America is just different, especially in post Obama America. Like right. I turned 16 in 2016. So I got to vote and right. it just, I didn't realize how jaded and just how sweet the Obama years were. Like I didn't realize that I mean, of course, I was young, but the, right. the the decline in the amount of safety I feel just being black is just it's it's insane. <laughs> and right. to know that I did everything I could in 2016 to prevent this, you know, in 2020, it just I don't know. It just feels so. What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I mean, let's call it what it is. You know, for those of us in the uh, uh, mental illness community, um, that feels about right because we're in this uh-huh. national. And thank you, Lauren, um, for your comments. Um, I'm so glad, and I would love to have you um, gift us with more airtime in the weeks and months to follow, but I'm going to um, move on to the the next 
segment of this is that there's indeed this dissociative quality to the past four years that makes us suddenly need the the continuity, the order of years past that we took for granted as Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the the gains we have made and actually, you know, how that drives us to suddenly participate, the impetus, the gravity of the moment um, drives participation in the democracy, the democratic process, and, you know, raising that voice. Um, Bradwick, I'm wondering, do you have Adam uh, available to pull from the abyss? I I do have Adam to pull from the abyss. Give me just a moment, and I shall drag him on out. Can you summon him? So we have uh, made yeah. gains. Yeah. Do we have him? Is he there? Adam. So beautiful. Hi. Hold on. Uh-huh. How can are you, you hear me? I'm I can lovely. hear you perfectly. You are loud and clear. Um, thank you for calling in. And I'm grateful that you are raising your voice with your incantation nation. You and I had a uh, phone call earlier, uh, not a phone call, sorry. We had a conversation um, earlier this week with the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, the the horror of, you know, Breonna Taylor's uh, lack of justice for her. You and I shared a moment, and... I would love if you would, and I'm grateful for you doing so, but share with Incantation Nation what your share was and what your concern was with the passing of RBG. Well, when I found out, um, my partner had come home and he looked at me, he's like, we're fucked. And right. he kind of had this moment of um, despair as well. Um, it didn't quite hit me until the day after. And when I reached out to you, I had this immense fear that, you know, all the rights that we had fought for and that RBG helped us achieve, like marriage equality and um, all these other things that we enjoyed from the Obama era uh, were going to get ripped away from us. You know, it's like I, I... me and Mike just recently got engaged, and we are looking forward to our marriage. We are looking forward to, you know, building our life together in that regard. And it just felt like after RBG passed, it just felt like everything started crashing down around us, and it was right. actually quite distressing. Right. So it, it, it kind of sucked. It, it's scary. I mean, it's absolutely scary to think that, you know, rights that have just been won, uh, you know, whether that's in the past three or four years or whether that's the past decade or century, I mean, isn't this just a ridiculous commentary on how, you know, quickly you can go from first world to third world 
within one presidency. I mean, if you even want to call it that. I mean, a panic was induced. Yeah, very much so. And it was very exasperating. You know, it's like these past four years have been, for lack of a better term, a clusterfuck. Yeah. You know, we we we've we've watched one person systematically manipulate our democracy and the people that are in power in our system to bend to his will. And we've watched everything right. fucking fall apart. Yeah. And and yeah. you know, this past year has been the abs- the most absolute eye opening experience in both a good and a bad way. You know, with the with the um injustice with this, you know, indictment and all this crap going on with, you know, Brianna Taylor and yeah. everything. That that was a complete and total just shock to me. Yeah. I felt like that was about to happen because when they started boarding stuff up before they yeah. made the announcement, I kind of felt it that it, you know they were about to say something that people weren't going to like. I, but when I I agree, I agree. I <laughs> felt the same horror when I saw those Jersey barriers and dump trucks. I was like, hold on, what yep. do they know and, that we don't? You know exactly. And so I was watching the live feed on Facebook of them of them airing their decision, and I was looking at the right. comments, and it was just nasty comment after nasty comment after nasty comment, blaming it on Brianna, blaming it on her boyfriend, um, them screaming, "Well, she shouldn't have been she shouldn't have been shacked up with so and so or this that and the other." It was just complete disregard of human life from across the board, and you could tell yeah. who the fuck was a Trump supporter and who wasn't. Yeah. you know the people that yeah. were there that actually felt for Brianna Taylor's family and wanted to be there and stand up in solidarity for her justice and for her family were there posting right. stuff, but it was just like for one for every person that posted something in solidarity for her and her family, there were 17 right. or more comments that were just derogatory. And I was like, I have to take a break. I have to take a break from social media because it's it, it's tearing me down. I can't I can't imagine how much it's tearing right. people down that what that experience this on a regular basis. Like right. I can't I can't begin to put myself in their shoes and in their situation because right. unfortunately I do have a privilege that they don't and I, and unfortunately it's just because of the color of my skin and I hate that. Right. You know I, and it, it's, it's it's a resentable uh if that's a word it's a it's a loathable fact that such power grabs and devastating trauma and exclusion is like divided on these completely arbitrary lines, these, these fictional constructs. Um, They're just so damn drastically outdated. They have no place anymore. And it just feels like we need some emotional intelligence in this country. Do you I know what I'm I saying? I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I could not agree more with that statement. But didn't you feel like when, you know, RBG passed, there's that gut, gut punch and that immediate panic that we now have a more conservative, you know, 
armchair white heteronormative patriarchy sitting in power just you know they're wanting these lines to stay in place and they're working hard i mean you said and and very rightly so things are falling apart emotionally for us but i would argue that they are being actively dismantled by the you know the patriarchy would you agree with that absolutely there's no doubt about that right it's, so when, you know they what, they've always tried they've always they've always tried to you know push their agenda and get what they right. want because it, whatever lines their pockets whatever you know benefits them and it's right. yeah i couldn't agree more and it's 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 i think that you know brianna's the bald face um apathy and callousness and pathology honestly of George Floyd's killing mm-hmm. um of Brianna Taylor's killing i mean this is murder and yes it is i think you know very much um agree with what Lauren shared um moments ago it there is a a history of apathy and you know not being aware of mm-hmm. the the difference in treatment the disparity between different demographics um i agree with her but i think Absolutely. what's different now is that this is driving not just hatred to the surface, but also mobilization. Mm-hmm. And that in those court decisions um, and in RBG's death, people are finally making connections that an injustice to one is an injustice to us all. Absolutely. Would you? Yeah. And, and so it leads to these personal epiphanies um, like it, if it denies justice to Brianna Taylor, they are coming for the rest of us. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Um, what I plan to do um, a little later on in the show, and thank you for your comment, Adam. I absolutely um, appreciate you bringing your um, your fears and your concerns um, to Incantation Nation. I think it's going to make a difference for a lot of listeners. So thank you, sweetheart. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you, baby. So, and then moving forward, you know, there are 205,000 deaths in addition to the murder of Brianna Taylor and George Floyd and the passing of RBG, this country is in a state of huge loss. And I would like to believe that we have different resources and a different complexity of view as pagan people because it is part of our our culture 
um, based on a spirituality that honors um, equality, whether it's a tree or a rock or an animal or the stars even, we see, for lack of a better term, the anima and the humanity, yes, I said humanity of rocks. There it is. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a connection that I believe that we are able to see because we are pagan people and because we, you know, we do want our freedom fought for and maintained. And we're a scrappy bunch of folks to be this resilient for this long. We've had to be uh, scrappy. You know what I'm saying? Um, Bradwick, tell me whether or not you have um, Sakosha's Siduri in the abyss, and could you summon her for her commentary? I could certainly summon Sakosha. Yes. That, that would be beautiful. Um, Sakosha Siduri is a beer brewer um, from Huntersville, North Carolina daughter of Sekhmet, and you can hear her before you see her. She is not someone whose opinion you have to ask twice, but as a beer brewer and preserving ancestral traditions, namely one that is out there in public during the time of COVID, um, I wanted to uh, solicit her input on how these things have impacted her personally as well as her employment. Sakosha, are you there? I am here, baby mama. (laughs) Yes, everyone. (laughs) Sakosha Siduri is my baby daddy. Um, She has been a time-tested and true sister friend and she's been a consistent um, anchor and rock in my life and the lives of our children. Hey, Sakosha. Yeah. Yeah, I love you. But um, I think about (laughs) you out there um, living your dream when it suddenly takes a left turn into chaos, crazy, apocalyptic, um, COVID era. Um, tell us what that's done to you, especially the last seven days. Ooh, okay. So um, you kind of did a little good background info on me, but um, so some of the listeners may not know, really, I'm um comedic witch. Um, segment is my matron. Um, so a lot of my what I, what I do for a career is entwined with my religion. Um, right. So, you know, whenever I'm in the brew house and I'm stirring my cauldron full of beer, right. I am right. encanting. This is my magic. And you know me. You know I'm a kitchen witch and I make soup for you all day and I put all of my shit in there. So. Yeah. So to me, it th- this is more than just a job. This is it runs through my veins. Right. So, and you, I, I, you know, I got my sister on certification a little over a year ago, which is 
something, you saw me on a journey for for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And then, you know, I get the dream job where I'm doing exactly what I want to do, and I've got creative freedom. I'm brewing. I'm behind right. the bar. I'm dealing with the public, like all these things. And then COVID hits, and, like, we're shut down. Like, I'm not brewing. Yeah. We're doing to-go beer only. And it was like everything I'd worked for for the past five years of my life was just like, are we going to be open in six months? Am I still going to be able to do this? Like what, like everything went into limbo. Um, Luckily I work for really, really smart people who were able to shift things around and we're surviving. Um, I wouldn't say we're thriving, but we're surviving and I'm still working. I'm still brewing, which is great. But every day, I'm having, I feel like, I feel like a parrot. I feel like I'm beating my head on a wall. I think I sent you a gift about the other day. <laughs> it was like, yeah. it's like, sir, ma'am, can you put on your mask? Can you put on your mask over and over and over again? And right. it, I, it feels disrespectful to me that they right. don't respect my health enough to just put, and I'm, I mean, I'm in that thing for eight to 10 hours a day. So right. if you, you know, at least you can put it on for a few minutes to come order your beer. That Just show me a shred of respect. It, it's, right. it's frustrating. And, um, you know. And it endangers your health and they're in a public place. And it puts you right, in for a For something that's not a necessity. Yeah. 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 I mean, to me, it's a necessity. Um, and that and that's, that was something else that I thought about, too, was just, like, I was, like, I make beer. Why is this such a big deal? Why is this such a, a necessity? And, you know, like, right. you know, I was, like, there, there are health care providers. There are people, you know, who are doing way more important work than me. And I was, like, right. no, stop that train of thought. Because right. brewing has been entwined in civilization since the beginning of civilization. Exactly. So I and now here's a I bunch can't. of American jackasses that are threatening your practice, your income An and livelihood. Yeah, yeah. It, ancient craft. And above and beyond that, they're endangering the people who are coming to support your expression of craft. Right. That's, I mean... It just that right there is the little microcosm snapshot of what's going wrong in American culture and society that you know these attitudes about what we're owed supersedes the survivability of people. It just it boggles my mind. Have you gotten into any fights? Let me ask you that. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, uh, I got into an altercation <laughs> with a a gentleman, if you could see my air quotes, um, yeah, who I was an anti-masker and um, just raked me over the coals. And just, I mean, he, he kept me 20 minutes after close giving me a lecture about masks were, were bullshit, COVID was a hoax, yada, 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 and gave me specific instructions to tell Jeff and Rachel, the owners, 
that um, if they didn't stop enforcing mask use, that he wasn't going to come back, and he wouldn't bring his. Um, he was a he's the head of some cycling team in Charlotte. It, it is associated with the brewery that I'm not going to name right. names. Um, right. Because that brewery did take care of business. Actually, we'll say it was Left Hand, Left Hand Brewery out of Colorado. Their local cycle team. Because I, and I'm going to mention them because they did the right thing and they reached out to Absolutely. this gentleman and Absolutely. and took care took care of him. But you know he right. you know he he said to me like um, if you're too woke you're gonna go broke. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So of course you know so I had he, to look up so his name off the credit name? card receipt. Facebook stalked right. him and it was Trump 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 everything. <laughs> I'm like so okay dude he, cool. So what he's arguing, if you're too woke, you go broke. What he's arguing is that stupid pays. I mean, what? What? So so if you, uh, I just, I mean, wow. We yeah, are his, his argument was that because we were being too politically correct, that um, we were going to lose income. Which I have more customers that come in and say, we really appreciate how safe you guys are being. Um, right. I feel comfortable bringing my kids here. I feel comfortable bringing my mother here because we see how, how much you're sanitizing everything. We see you guys wearing masks. We see you guys enforcing social distancing, and we really, really appreciate it. So, okay, yeah, that one guy, it, it was a bad deal. But for the most part, more people have been receptive to it. it and most of the people that I've had to correct with masks are kind of like people that they're just not aware. There's kind of like this entitlement kind of mentality. Right. Because when I say, hey, will you put on your mask? I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And they immediately put it on. Like, I just forgot. Like, and it's not about being anti-mask or like a political statement. Right. It's just they just weren't thinking. So the so new bag A problem, too, but, you know. Well, and the anti-masker who said what he was saying and running off at the mouth, giving himself more airtime, there are 205,000 people that are dead. And even if he wanted to reduce American values to, if you're stupid, you will maintain a, a livable income, but if you're woke, you go broke. He is why. His rationale, his reasoning is why this country is slated to see 375,000 deaths by January 1st, which is just ridiculous. Sakosha, I want to um, thank you for your comments. I want to make sure that we get... Um, some more voices raised in Incantation Nation. Thank you for for being available um, to talk to us about what's going on with you. Absolutely. I mean, I you know, I I don't want to say I'm like a foot soldier, but I have, I'm out there in it like every day. Um, and you, it is you, you know, you are. Um, but yeah, I appreciate totally. you sharing and and doing what you love and standing up for what you love, which is human life and, you know, your craft and what feeds you emotionally. So thank you. Brandwick, I'm yeah, wondering like, thank if you for you having have, me. 
Of course, sweetheart. I love you. I love you. Bye-bye. Brad, Brad, Bradwick, tell me if we have um, Cristina Salazar on the line. Is she available um, from the other? And I have her well, then, and I'm sorry, I think I stepped Almond in Morning Star? I, 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 uh, yes, I do have Almond Morning Star. Okay, well, we can certainly um, speak with Almond Morning Star. Um, if you could summon him, please. Almond Morning Star um, is a beautiful pagan. Um, again, another one of uh, my beautiful friends and gorgeous connections to the craft. Um, Amin is also one who you can hear him before you can see him because he is not quiet by any stretch of the imagination. Um, But his is a voice that is valuable for uh, many reasons. You can see I've got this friendship theme going on that, you know, if you're, you know, loud and mouthy and opinionated and a witch, it's likely, you know, you're in my friend group. Um, But Almond Morningstar is also a veteran, and he can speak to that experience and that perspective. Almond, are you with us? I am here. Hi, sweetheart. How are you? My sister witch, I am lovely to hear your voice. Thank you, sweetheart. So talk to me about, give me a snapshot. Um, You are also kind of in the service industry um, in that you are a groomer for folks' pets, but you are also comedic and uh, worship the Egyptian pantheon, and you're a veteran. Tell me how you're making all that work in the era of, um, you know, police murder of people of color, the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, COVID deaths in this country as a veteran. Well, you know, the only thing that keeps me going is that I can only tackle what's in my hands for that day. And I have to hold on to that piece of it because it's easy to get overwhelmed. It's yeah. easy to get overwhelmed at work. It's easy to get overwhelmed watching the TV. It's easy to get overwhelmed talking to your neighbor. And you right. just have to get to where you know this piece that I've got right here is what I can deal with right now. And the rest of it is going to be there when I can get to it. Right. Right. How do you um, this week – they were, especially in the past couple of days, there was a lot of um, chatter about uh, spam face accessing or using the U.S. military to somehow police or enforce um, his reelection goals and deceptions and um, all of his fuckery to, you know, to use a common phrase these days, um, what do you think is happening in the minds of 
individual service people, service men and women who find themselves being or, or having to face the idea of being deployed against their neighbors and their family. What do you, what do you think by, by someone as impotent as this at that? How do you, what's happening in their head? Can you help us? Think about that. You know, I have I have a deeper connection to that rancid motherfucker than a lot of people because right. when when the current leader of North Korea's grandfather who founded the state died, I was about ten miles from the border of North Korea. And they gave yeah. us guns and they gave us bullets and they said, Get on a hill and we'll come up with a plan because they thought they were gonna attack us. And that's right. what we did. We got a bunch of ammunition and just went out to the woods. So I know what that regime over there is capable of. And I right. know what the soldiers that are in that uniform have in their heart and are doing. And to see him degrade them, to see him suck up to a sycophant, their thoughts are like my thoughts. That there's just there's no way. You want a rebellion, you want a mutiny. I don't worry one bit about the United States military trying to squash American citizens. He may get a couple right. generals who have spent their entire asses, their, their entire careers kicking at, kissing ass to suck up to him, but the soldiers of this country are not going to turn against their citizenry. I don't worry about that at all. Excellent. Well, and, and that, um, that was the same sentiment that was um, shared with me. Um, I have a friend who is in special ops, um, in the army, and he said, "You have no idea the the simmering, seething resentment and hatred for Spamface because he's going to send them into a situation that they don't need to be part of. That they don't, and whether that's they don't know, want to be part of." No, they don't, and and they're eyeballing it's him a, like an easy target because who wants to be involved, you know, who wants to go over and police, you know, the Ukrainian situation? Remember the transcripts? And I've got, you know, friends calling me telling me I'm not going over there to, you know, yeah. not under this dude's watch um, to do the wrong thing. And now even more intensely – they're saying the same thing. I'm not going to turn, uh, you know, aggression against the American people for one person who makes an easier target. Right, and they they didn't join. This we have an all volunteer service. Nobody joined the military because they had to. They joined the military because they love their country and they want to serve it. They want to see the world a better place. And he's right. Of that. Exactly. I mean, nobody joins the military to kill Americans. No, no. We we do it to build. No. I mean, that was that was my desire was to build, to build democracies, to build people up, to bring them out of situations where they don't have control over their lives, to give them the ability to have fresh water. A lot of the military is not all war, war, war. A lot of it is also service and helping people who are in right. great far lesser situations than we're in. 
Americans don't oh, know, like, what some of the things around the rest of the world have to deal with. And we, so that's the part that we love. We love to go dig a well somewhere or take a war-torn neighborhood and build it back up. Yes, because that is constructive and not destructive. Um, let me ask you another question. Um, you've been overseas. You have served. You probably even still have friends in other countries. What, what do you think the chances are? that NATO intervene in Trump's abuses against the American people and his completely unconstitutional power grab, I mean, would, do you think NATO would prevent the creation of another Kim Jong-un or Kim Jong-il or Erdogan or... Uh- if if it came absolutely, absolutely. I can't see it. I can't see it getting to that point because I know too many people like me who are going to have to take care of it before NATO gets involved. The American people, he's scared of the American people. That's the whole point about 90% of what's going on right now. There are the people on that side, their divination skills are on point. They know what's coming down the road. They're going right. to fall. The, the hate and the bigotry and the intolerance and the control, it doesn't have another generation. It's coming to an end, and they're fighting and they're scrapping, and they're doing everything shady they can do to try to hold their power, to try to hold their, quote, majority status, which isn't so majority anymore. Right. And it's all fear. Yes. And it's all fear, and they're going to have – it's just – I don't think I think NATO would intervene if they had to, but I think that it wouldn't take a million people showing up outside the White House for some general to say you've got to clear out, bud. Right, absolutely. And I mean, he says shit like, "I didn't want to cause a panic." That's why he didn't yes, he come did. clean with it. Exactly. If this is a fool, he he wants cause to cause panic. a panic. He wants to cause strife. Yes, he does. Yes, turmoil. He, does. he wants to and turn groups against each other. Yeah, because it's only the finest people that shoot up a young black woman, and you know, she was an EMT. She is a, a servant of the people. He wouldn't know how to be in a her own home. Exactly, and and then RBG passes. And he thinks he's, you know, got a shot at installing another, you know, ally into the court systems. I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous to me, and it's a shame. People, embar- people do not know what he has done really with the judiciary. He has done a lot with the judiciary, but the thing is, and even if he gets another Supreme Court justice on the bench. The judiciary is only one part of our government. It's one part of three co-equal branches. So even if he has a Supreme Court, once he's voted out, once we do our job and get him out of there, we still have a president. We still have a legislature who can overpower the Supreme Court. What they say doesn't have to go. The legislature can just write another law. Okay, you don't like that one? We'll write it this way. 
It's just fear. He wants to scare people and take that advantage, and people will be awkward. Well, it's not just fear. He wants to motivate his base, too, because it did work last time. What he did with the Supreme Court worked last time. He got a lot of votes he wouldn't have got if there wasn't that nomination being held up. I don't exactly. know that that's going to work for him this time. So his evil underlord being, you know, the, the goal <laughs> Moscow Which one? Let's talk about Mitch, the bitch. Um, The one who hasn't done his damn job in 35 years, I think. I mean, who knows how old he is. But he sure did mentor the Attorney General of Kentucky enough to get that situation completely screwed up. Exactly. Exactly. And here's Moscow Mitch grooming Trump's beautiful budding, you know, his his romance with Putin. I mean, honestly, <laughs> what's keeping folk from hanging these bastards from yard arms? I know you're going to give me a sensible answer like they want to be, you know, the better people and they don't want to act like mercenaries, but boy, I would love one right now. I would love someone yeah. to yeah. A you know a target out of the pathology that has found a figurehead in Donald Trump and Mike Pompeo and Mitch McConnell in AG Barr. I mean, I'm hoping that it, the it, American people will not stand with that for some kind of review to happen. Once it's over, I, I think that there's going to have to be some kind of review of these people. They're going to have to pay a price. And they probably know agree. they have to pay a price, and that's why they're fighting so hard right now. Because once they, if, if they lose that tentative grip on power, and all of a sudden everybody is going to find out when they go back looking at what they've done, what they've done, they yeah. can all end up in jail. More power to them. Absolutely. Thank you for your comments on Morningstar. I absolutely adore you, and thank you. I for love you so much. <laughs> Thank you for Can I say sharing. one more thing? Can I say yes. one more thing? Please. You know, and all of it's all of it is overwhelming and everybody every day is just bombarded with crazy stuff. You guys just keep focused on the little magics that are happening in your life. <laughs> Look at the spider webs that are catching the flies that could be in your house. Look at the neat little cards you've been looking for for six years that you found in the store. Little magic right. will carry you through and give you some sanity. Well, and also those little magics will combine to form some profound magic. Powerful magic. Comes... Powerful you magic. You know what I'm saying. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. I Thank know you got you. it. I know. We all got it because we are incantation nation. <laughs> All right, Brad. I'm wondering if you have um, Shavori I... or oh. Christina Salazar. I I I have both actually. I have Shavori. I also have Christina. I also have um, Amsel of um, Heathen Women's or Heathen Women United, who might have a perspective of the our international brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what I would like to do is um, 
talk to Cristina Salazar um, first, if I may. And I want to make okay. sure that we fit as many folk in as we can in our time slot. Um, so if you could summon the Cristina Salazar, um, that would be fantastic. Yes, Master. Oh, is that ridiculous, y'all? He is a product a producer. He is not my slave, although he may want to be. Um, that said, if we if we're looking at the the pattern of apathy that gives way to you know racially motivated murder, if we look at the apathy that leads to not honoring Ruth Bader Ginsburg's dying wish. The apathy about 200,000 deaths in this country is no longer shocking or surprising. It's typical. It's anticipated. It's no less traumatic, but it is on brand um, in terms of the crumbling of the humanity of the Trumpublican Party. It's not just Trump anymore. It's not the Republicans anymore. It's the Trumpublicans. Um, Christina, do we have you? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, mi amor. Como esta? Good, good. How are you? How have you been? Uh, Angry. (laughs) I've, I've been angry. I figured that was a loaded I've, question, my bad. You know what I'm saying? Um, I've been fearful at times. I've been inspired at other times. I'm someone who can, you know, access rage and turn it into something productive a lot more easier, easily than I can pain. But um, talk about how uh, talk about who you are and what you do, um, what your livelihood is. Um, what does that look like in the time of COVID and racial injustice and your outlook for the near future? Um, well, right now it's very stressful because we had closed um, – now, if anyone knows, but I'm a massage therapist, so I deal with lots of high-stress people all day. And I believe yeah. right now it's kind of at its peak, if you will. And, I mean, at times I'm fearful, you know, because I, I touch lots of people, lots of, like, all the time. So Right, um, right. So, so I'm very, like, I mean, it's, like, I there's like a high chance that I could probably contract that. I haven't as of now, but I mean, it's for me, I feel like that's higher. You can't massage somebody from six feet away. No. I mean, or could you, I mean, maybe you, maybe you can. Can I don't know if that would typically be like the best massage. Like, I mean, mean, for me, for me, I like touch personally. I mean, to me, I have to feel the touch, but this took a um, sudden left turn. It sure did. I'm here for it. 
actually massaging them with. Anyway, um, but I mean, seriously, when they come out with, you know, these these recommendations that we're no longer allowed to know about or read or see because there is, you know, some big brother policing of information. I mean, when the COVID shutdown first happened, what did that, I mean, you were out of work for weeks, were you not? Yeah, so there was some anxiety instilled in me a little bit, just because, you know, like, yeah. what do I do now? Is my job right. going to be there? And things, go, like, how long are we going to be shut down? Do I have to look for other avenues for money? I mean, right. Huh. they just kind of didn't so- tell us anything either at work. They just kind of laid us off, and we are like, what? <laughs> So, now, do you um, care in terms of, you know, I'm just thinking about Sakosha's conversation about being in the customer service industry and having, you know, uh, interactions with the general public and masklessness. Have you had supportive, like, bosses and clientele or, or what what has your support system looked like? for the work that well, you do. Well, um, I also had opened up my doors. Um, I also have my own business now with my sister who does nice. facials and I do massage. So there's that. Okay. And we've been doing um, – now we're going to go straight. Um, we've been doing a lot of Groupons, and I did deny somebody because they would not wear a mask um, and nice. things like that. And I – I pretty much let them know, you know, hey, if you want me to wear gloves, I'll wear gloves. I prefer you be masked, you know, during the massage. Probably maybe right. one or two people have, you know, raised their eyebrows about that. But um, I don't put myself in those situations where they're not going to do that as well as I wear my mask, you know. So. Right. <clears throat> well, you know what? In, Even in hearing stories of- like a woman's arm at Target being broken just because she asked a gentleman to wear a mask kind of frightens me a little bit. I'm sure it does. I'm I'm sure it does. And um, just so our listeners have something to hold on to, I want to give a quick shout out to Indonesia. I don't know if anyone else has read this article, but in Newsweek magazine, earlier this week, I should you not, uh, incantationalist. Um, Indonesia uh, Newsweek reported this uh, earlier this week that the government there uh, addressed people who were um, the mask mandate violators and folks who refused to wear the mask. They started uh, arresting them, and as their sentence, they were made to be grave diggers for the COVID death. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Yes. That's a big what's up, Indonesia. Um, I I mean, mean, that's a huge response. I wouldn't mind that happening here, actually. So my mental imagery just flashed to, you know, spam face wearing old-timey black and white prison uniform, you know, with a ball and chain shackled to his ridiculous destination. And uh, 
burying the dead that he is responsible for. I mean, he's got blood on his hands. You know? Christina, tell me me how um, your pagan practice and your paganism has changed. Has it changed over the past four years? Has it deepened? I mean, I've always... I've always kind of been solitary anyways, um, right. but I feel even more so. Um, if, right. So not to say that, like, alone, like we have the community um, and the village, a still virtual, which is great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to have your support, something. you know. Um, yeah. I find that I'm doing more of that as well. Um, right trying to stay level-headed um, yeah when yeah when possible um i find and i know you're the groovy meditational type do you find it that uh, <laughs> i know i know i can't do it guys i try meditating and i fall asleep that's the honest truth i'm sorry um well i always fall out too and then like something weird happens <laughs> but proud moments <laughs> in paganism that's our new our new segment. Um, do do you have any? What are your impressions of all of this fuckery as a Latino woman? Um, how has this affected you and your family and your you know Latina identity? Do you want to kill Trump as much as me? Oh, of course. If not more so. Okay, cool. I think, I think my sister would be right there alongside you, like, (laughs) with all the same opinions and ideas. I mean, um, I just, and even down to like how we're going to be voting this year gives me a little bit of anxiety as well. Because I think a lot of stuff he's said or have done even with the whole wall thing to me is offensive. Very offensive. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> even. Do you, yeah, do you have any. Like, uh, what's the conversation like within your family about what is happening? My mom thinks he's an idiot, basically. My mom's pretty old school. Right. Um, Latina woman <laughs> right and, and she just she, and feels that there should from, be somebody the better in know. office well, yeah. I mean we would <laughs> you know like we would <laughs> you know someone who gives some fucks about you know us somewhat right right where's your mom where's your mom um, from that so folks can can know where we're talking about the geography of your feeling. Where's she from? We're, oh, we're um, Mexican and yes. Spaniard and part Portugal and part West African. Well, that's some gorgeous magic if I ever heard that. Um, what I have found... <laughs> Between the national sentiment of, you know, uh, 
folk from Mexico, Central America, South America versus um, the Caribbean Latinx community is that there's a national, um, I'm going to say aspect of this that is interesting mm-hmm. for, for me to look at um, because... Well, actually, there was a um, indigenous Mexican Indian I found out we were that they kind of got lost in the paperwork because I guess back then oh, the yeah. churches used to keep track of that. Yeah. But it's um, they were old tribes that were kind of hunter-gatherers. Um, right. They would eat small animals, live off the land, um, and they kind of migrated seasonally when they needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they were infamous also for having big events with peyote making where they would do that and do like vision trips for a few days or so. Right. <laughs> ayahuasca, ayahuasca ritual ceremony. Um, but also mad respect for the fact that they play soccer with human heads. And yeah. I know a whole <laughs> Trump Republican party that I would love to volunteer as tribute to that ancestral sport. Um, but uh, what I have heard back is, you know, we're looking at Florida and what is happening with the Caribbean immigrants to, you know, the southeastern states. And they have, shockingly, which is why Trump is spending this much time in Florida, who are supportive of Trump's reelection. Whereas, well, I wonder because a lot of, not to like this, a lot of them have like, you know, language barriers or they're just maybe not educated on like the actual politic events or sometimes it gets lost in translation with things. I mean, well, and I. I mean, I I can understand, you know, folk of of from any country immigrating mm-hmm. to a United States from 2016 for I mean backward through time, you know, but that's not mm-hmm. the country we're living in now, and to you know nationally fleeing your country from oppression and murder and extermination to come to a country that is suddenly turned overnight into a worse place than where they're coming from. It's just amazing to me. Um, I mean, that's some, some shocking stuff. I mean, my own family came from Sicily believing that Mm -hmm. they were buying in to a better America, and I that's think just that's not what the case. A lot of like people immigrating had thought, you know, they thought it's better jobs, better schools, you know, better, better like the American dream, basically, is what they yeah. had, I think, painted in their brain space because they didn't know, like, they were overseas, like they hadn't seen or experienced any of that. Though I feel right. like nowadays you have to have like two or three jobs to make it. <laughs> yeah. At times, just yeah. to be able to afford housing, you know, children, 
you know, schooling for your children, just, you know, but they're not like right. and I schooling think overseas, I don't think it's like a bad thing either because a lot of them speak like four different languages before they leave high school. Well, hell, we can't get huh. there now. Our pagan asses are locked up at, you know, within the <laughs> I know. national no border. going man. anywhere. Should have left when we had the chance. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's, I agree. And it's almost like, you know, can we actually project our citizenship onto Germany or somewhere? Because it's just, I mean, maybe we can't now that I think about that. I um, mean, we may possibly have the technology. <laughs> hello. Let's go to, yeah, we're just going <laughs> to. So pagans and witches, what, let's learn to astrally project Trump over to uh, Indonesia, where he will be made to, you know, <laughs> dig graves. You know what I mean? I think that would be a fair yeah. avenue to to pursue. Well, Christina, thank you for um, sharing. I'm so glad to hear your laughter, and I'm glad that you're sharing that with the audience of Incantation Nation. Thank you so much. Well, well, thank you. I was honored to be a guest today. My sweetie. Well, you will be back, I hope, yes? Yeah. (laughs) She thought about it. That didn't sound convincing. (laughs) I said, yeah. Why would I not? Am I moving to Indonesia? Nobody told me. (laughs) No. (laughs) Right. Oh my God. <laughs> nope. Um, all right. God, I wish that would be interesting. That would be quite a podcast, I think. I, I well, you know, we're gunning for those numbers. All righty. Thank you, Christina. Um, Bradwick, see if you can uh, summon Shavori from the abyss. So we can talk more about um, the male perspective. Women got lots to say, and they often have bullet points and volume. Um, but I would love to hear from Shavori if he is available. Okay, let me check the abyss. Excellent. So I want people to understand that we do provide a space for folks to raise their voices on Incantation Nation, but we're not going to go out uh, without some things you can do and some recourse um, that there is um, for people who are feeling like, you know, just putting opinions out there on the interwebs is simply not enough. Um, I, like I said, the last show that we had, I find that pagan kind and witch kind um, are a population of folk that don't sit on their hands. We don't do well with uh, our hands being tied or our liberties encroached. We are the ones that are, you know, have have given wholesale abandon to uh, the establishment and are ready to take up arms and get some action behind what we feel. Um, 
And I love that about us. And I believe that those of us who worship the pagan gods or are atheistic pagans and witches um, have huge parts to play and huge words to say. Look at me. I'm a lyricist now. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I know you love that. But so with that, um, I would love to hear from Shavori um, and get his opinion and response um, and perspective on how to respond to this moment, um, this chapter, um, from his perspective. Shavori, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Mom. Hi. Hi, baby. (laughs) How are you? I'm doing well. Just want to let you know, I love you so much. And uh, why you love me? Let's do it. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> How much do I love you? Uh, to the moon and back, my dear. Oh, see, y'all, he did that because he knows I'm married to the moon and she's very far away and aloof, but she's there. I love that you were such a soldier. Squeeze your face. Okay, so. Uh, I personally identify as a Luciferian witch, Hail Satan, um, mm-hmm. and I I know that you are a fellow Satanist, which intersects with, um, I didn't mean intersects with an X, I meant C-T-S. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, part of left-hand path is embracing the truth um, of Mm -hmm. standing in opposition to Mm -hmm. injustice and to exclusion and to suffering. Um, That is um, very often underrepresented in pagan and occult communities. And I would love for you to share your perspective um, as another 20-something um, mm-hmm. of Afro-Colombian descent and a new dad, congratulations. Oh, um, <laughs> what is this moment doing to you or for you, or how does your choice of tradition or path um, mm-hmm. help you deal with this chapter bloody American chapter. Well, um, I'd definitely love to preface and say I am definitely one of those Afro-Latinos, not in a sense of by way of being Cuban or Puerto Rican, but my father is black and my mother is Guatemalan. My mother being Guatemalan. um, mm -hmm, See, I see. So she does have a lot of ties with her Mayan roots. Now, whether or not she keeps true to those traditions, is up to her, but I am very much aware of my roots and where I come from, obviously raised just traditional black, just in a black church, Kojic, Baptist, you name it. I've been there. I, you know, used to do the whole worship leader. Like I was a very involved member of the church only to realize that a lot of it was a facade 
And nothing against anybody else's personal beliefs, but if your organization, which is all majority of religion is, um, is based around people's attendance and their money to fund whatever you do on the side, then I'm not really one who's for it. So my path into Satanism wasn't necessarily a malicious one, more so a, you know, search for truth, which is all we want is is truth and representation for everyone. Um, my own views on whether Levian Satanism is correct or the Satanic Temple. Right. I have my own views on Levay. I think a lot of his tenants were very pro white men. If that makes right. sense, of like course. yes, they still they still obey the law, <laughs> and I right. am in a sense anarchist and very much against uh, written law. You know, I'm all for right. morality and doing what's right. However, when we run into situations where it's like, well, if your law mandates you do this, then you have to listen to that. Well, we realize now that our law and the powers that are in place are wrong, you know, and right. call it what you want. 2020 is a visual year. We are becoming very aware to everything that's going on. So as to how that affects me personally as a man of color, as someone right. with alternative views, I am angry, but I am not surprised. Right. This has right. been a long time coming, and if we don't incorporate change now, change right. will find us and not in the Oh, you're right. Oh, yeah. It, I like that. You mm-hmm. know, Exactly. Brad Bradwick's in the in the uh yes I can feel that corner. Um Shibori, do you think that this is all happening sociologically and culturally um now because of our virtual reality, our internet connectivity? Oh, our yes. I don't right. know how well versed you are in your research of techno paganism. I know it's a very <laughs> neo concept, but techno paganism as well as pantheism are very right. intertwined. And in the dawn of a digital age, we have um, achieved a third sense of self. Yes, there is a physical sense of self, but we now have right. this brand new digital sense of self, which is completely liberating for a lot of people who do not have a voice in their day-to-day lives. It connects us not just from people around the world, but as we know, as we evolve as a civilization, you know, maybe in the next 500,000 years, we will be Mm -hmm. able to communicate with beings outside of our galactical reach. Right, so I this would, digital wavelength, these frequencies that we are putting out span far beyond our own existence, whether it's positive or negative, which is so interesting about this new digital realm is it's a blank slate, which is open right. for any and absolutely everything. Right, right. I love that about you. So, and, and listen, I'm going to date myself, and that's just, that's not me being single for too long. What I'm saying by date myself is that back in the day, um, I got my master's degree in social justice education, and that was in the 90s. Um, mm-hmm. And it was 
spurned on. It was a reaction to uh, me getting arrested uh, <laughs> during the Rodney King riots. We won't talk about what right. my offense was, but I'm very proud of my zip tie marks on my wrist. But the fact was <laughs> social justice in the 90s um, petered out because we did not have digital and virtual access to each right. other. Right. It was only accessible to those who had the money. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? We all know mm-hmm. what that looks like. That is, mm-hmm. you know, the white, affluent, heteronormative patriarchists that mm-hmm. that don't want to deal with those people, you know? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so what I chose um, – To do with my advocacy could not bear me any type of livable income Mm -hmm. because there was not that activity. There was not that demand because no white male wanted me liberating the thinking of their employee base because there goes their bottom line. Right. And at that time, you know majority I'm... of digital commerce was strictly for financial gain, you know, either that or yeah. just straight technological use. It's not like we had really big forums and chat rooms for people to connect. It was get in, get out, you know, get out of it right. what you need of it. And, right. you know, we can go back and, and talk about, you know, the 90s and how revolutionary that was. Cause, I mean, my parents lived in L.A. at the time. You know, my father was gangbanging, you know, very well versed in what was happening in the streets. And, you know, you have these quasi-progressive folk who are like, hey, you know, let's the millennium's near, you know, we need to change. And nothing much has really changed. Capitalism is still the forefront of everything that we do. And media hasn't Mm -hmm. changed. It's just more accessible, which means we have more of a flooding of misinformation. And I don't know how well-versed you are in 5% of logic, but there's 5% of the people who know the truth, 10% of the people who know the truth and spread lies, and 85% are the sheep. Um, right. And not to, right. not to claim 5% or anything, but we all have a job to do. And if you do think you that you don't those... have a job to do, then there's a problem. Right. Right. Because job should not be synonymous with payout. Job should be a term that encompasses or is comprehensive in scope and includes vocation, you know, Mm -hmm. just like my vocation um, is to be an advocate. And you know, as well as I do, Mm -hmm. that la voz is Mm -hmm. your voice. And raising your voice should be your job, at least. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about that. Um, I will tell you um, that, you know, being as old as I am, let's just say wise, right? We'll just say that. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, The the, the amount of time you have spent on this earth and accrued the wisdom that you have. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, What I have noticed Um, And I'm going to bring on Frau Hertha next, who is um, a sister in arms and another beloved advocate in the community soon. But 
she and I have had conversations about what has changed about the social justice scene um, for witches and pagans, um, but also for the larger global community. Are people making that connection between their personal suffering and the construct of suffering? And what what she and I have uh, seen happen is the immediate global access to each other by orders of magnitude. Um, it exposes the previously sheltered in caves, as Bob Woodward said, um, the human exposure and awareness and outrage. Um, mm-hmm. to the behavior of the patriarchy, misogynistic, affluent, white male types, um, as inhumane in their principle and behavior and value. Um, images of suffering, uh, images of exclusion, images of resistance and action is highly mm-hmm. influential. And I see that being a huge difference between the 2020s and the mid nineties when I was getting zip tied and arrested. Um, what's your response to that? Um, I believe it was said before, but a lot of the, the political people who are in charge right now are acting out of fear and that fear is due to change. It, It is, they're realizing that they will soon have to relinquish their power. And They're you privileged. and I both know that that we that there are forces that are with us that are not with us. Right. Right. They have their own magistrates. They have their own red card holders who are, you know, in really high places, probably not accessible in your current time zone. Right. So this fight has been going and it will yeah. continue to go. Unless we as a community branch mm-hmm. out with our other communities and create Agreed. some sort of, I don't know, not to say spiritual militia, but that's what <laughs> it's going to have to be because there are so many forces keeping us at bay. There are so right. many physical, spiritual, and digital forces keeping us right. contained to where right. we are right now. And the stronger we grow, the more that they're going to realize that they have to ante up, which is why this has become a physically violent time. Media shown or not, there's still black people dying. You know, there always have been black people who have been murdered, whether you call them the KKK or whatever, but by evil forces trying to resist the growth of, not just one type of people, but they do understand that Afro culture has ingrained mm-hmm. itself globally. Right. You know, not not to I mean, knock any just... K-pop stands or anybody, but we have rappers out in Korea. There's rappers out in Japan, and you have people who love black culture so much right. that they will erase right. the black out of it. To make it their own. And I mean, same has been done by Alexander the Great, Napoleon. The greats have realized that they have to go back to their Afro roots to attain wisdom and knowledge. And then what do they do? They go ahead and destroy 
the source of that so they can be seen as the source. I mean, open up the textbooks and it's right there, but what they won't tell you is that, you know, all the information is here, which is what's so grand about this digital age. It doesn't take Mm -hmm. much to be informed, but it also doesn't take much to be misinformed. So it's it's just a proceed with caution of situation here. But with urgency. Yes. Right? It's like a yellow light. (laughs) It's like a yellow card that they throw into soccer when I'm getting ready to kick (laughs) someone's ass on the field. You know what I'm saying? Well, hopefully, and I thank you for sharing, baby. I'm so glad that you came on. Um, Hopefully, no, definitely, Incantation Nation will serve the purpose of providing platform for pagans, occultists, and, you know, witches from whatever path to Mm -hmm. access and collaborate politically um, and and spiritually. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the life. Yes, we all have to. We all got to be here for one another. And that's why I'm so glad and we have this community. But as I said you. before, we have to keep it going. It's not a, Agreed. hey, let's talk about it today. You know, talk without Agreed. action is nothing. <laughs> it's nothing. All right. Thank you, Shavori. I'm going to ask Thank you. you, so Love, you guys. We already have... Love you, baby. Do we have Frau Hertha um, available? <clears throat> we do. We do. Let me just... Summon her from the where, abyss. Where, where is my succulent sister? Because um, I would love to talk with her about some of our conversations and reflections about um, activism, craftivism um, in the 2020s. Frau Hertha, are you there, my love? I think so. Hello. Do you think so? Hello. Your phone sounds oh. muffled. I I realize you're you're in bed with an injury. I won't ask how it happened. Uh, <laughs> but I am not in bed. She, uh, but uh, I just it sounds weird on my end. But whatever. Hello, love. How are you? Hi. Well, you know I'm struggling, but. Still feeling that urgency. Are you able to bring the phone closer to your mouth so we can hear you? Is this any better? Slightly, but no. Slightly, but no. Okay. Slightly, but no. Well, do what you do best and talk while I try to figure something out with my uh, techno wizardry here. Okay, I can definitely do that because I got words. In so very <laughs> many. Um, so we're looking out into this horrorscape of, you know, miscarriage of leadership, miscarriage of justice, miscarriage of opportunity to be a decent human being. I mean, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I will be happy 
when Donald Trump, again, is digging graves somewhere um, in I want to. I actually want like a GoPro or drone cam or something so I can watch him uh, <laughs> suffer the consequences of his behavior. Um, my mom always said, you know, manners are free. Anybody can afford decency. Um, this is from a stark raving madwoman. Um, but I guess it takes one to know one. Um, but I wanted to talk to you more about what you love about millennials and young people and our 20-somethings. And hell, the tweens that subverted the Tulsa rally by buying up or reserving rows and rows of seats um, that flew in the face of Donald Trump's hopes of grandeur in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tell me, uh, tell the folks, you know, how you feel about young people and the power they have. Well, uh, can you hear me? Is this better? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, um, so I have a daughter, the grown ass woman, and um, I watch her and her friends, and they are Generation Z. So she is 20. So not a millennial, right. but the next one. And, um, you know, she, I, I mean, there are muggles in that age group for sure. But she and right. her generation are so over all of this bullshit. Right. And um, and that's why I feel like, uh, I mean, the struggle is real, and I've had some real mental health challenges over the last few months with all this bullshit going on and not being right. with my norms and, you know, my imagination going wild about what exactly it is you're doing in that damn attic all day without me. Right. Um, but I do feel like I keep coming back to this is a final death knell. Right. You know, when 2016 happened, uh, and I was working in the arena of social justice, um, it was devastating and I could not believe it. And when the flip right. cleared and you kind of got a hold of yourself, you right. realize all the mistakes that are so glaring and so obvious. And uh, in this younger generation, that's what they see. You know, it's real right. obvious to them that they've got fresh eyes. You know, right. we, um, with age comes wisdom. Right. Sure. Just the wisdom of experience and having been around and seen it all and done it all. But at the same time, there's a lot of forest for trees kind of shit going on, too. Yeah. And that's why we need young people. And that's why young people need older people. And that brings me to my number one complaint lately, which is 
we have all of this technology, we have all these ways to stay connected and to be part of each other's lives, yet we don't truly need each other in the ways that we need each other. You know, um, it used to be if you got sick, you would go and see a healer. And that person right. was part of your community in a deep and yeah. meaningful way. They were one of the elders of the community. You know, right. um, now you go to some fucking feral building and some guy that you only see a couple of times a year has no connection right. to your family, your background, your history, your anything, reads off the chart and tells you what the insurance companies have permitted him to do. And right. that's bullshit, you know. Um, right. You see, uh, you know, kids would apprentice with an elder who was a master in their field. Um, right. And it wasn't, uh, it wasn't this huge industry. And I don't know. Anyway, I'm up on my soapbox now, but. But I it, just, but I we that we are so self-absorbed, that is why all this bullshit is happening right now. We are so self-absorbed that, and we don't depend on each other, truly depend on each other. Right. Um, So that means that we don't give a shit. You know, I heard Satoshi talk earlier about the mask, the whole mask thing. And I see it all the time. Yeah. And, you know, people don't give a shit. I think for a healthy community and, and, you know, I am definitely biased in, in thinking that, you know, the pagan life ways, the witchcraftian life ways do still reflect so much more of our ancestral dependence, our ancestral spirituality where the elders were critical to the survival of our people, our ways, mm-hmm. our traditions, our gods. Um, and American society is bereft of that. It is devoid of that. Um, where age should equal wisdom, it doesn't. But that is those yeah. are cultural constructs you know, adopted by, like Shibori was speaking about, folk who really get off on commodifying the traditions and life ways of pre-Christian folk um, from the African diaspora, the indigenous diaspora, um, youth in my mind. So let's say this. Let's agree about this. If age equals wisdom, then youth equals innovation. And I think that's something that you and I share. And we're, I mean, tell me I'm wrong, but I derive a a huge amount of inspiration from the arsenal of magic held by our young people who just inspire and draw this love out of me 
But listen, they've got a bevy of emotional, physical, energetic, and hormonal weaponry. Would you agree yeah. with that? Yeah, absolutely. And we and need them. We need them, and we need that energy. Um, and we also need them to listen to us. And Right. Um, you know, you know when something's not right. You know. Yeah. We're all born yeah. with that thing inside of us that tells us. Now, whether we listen to it or not is a whole different thing. But... Um, but we need, we just, uh, that's so frustrating. The circle. It's the this circle. is the thing that frustrates me. So I, I have been really depressed lately because of the state of everything. And right. I feel bad that my daughter is stuck with the bullshit that we've left behind. In my defense, right. our generation is the generation that were that was brought up by the fucking boomers that are in the White House right now. Yes. You know, that's yes. the generation that we were raised by. So we've been raised with just sheer survival. You know, we've had like so much angst and existential dread and fucking bullshit to get through. Um, the, the best we could do is not pass that shit on to our kids. Um, right. And so our kids are the young millennials and, and Generation Z, and they're the ones that are changing everything. You look at, yeah. um, you look at even just the soulless corporate um, world. Uh, if you right. look at the way offices are designed, right? Um, they are designed for younger people, and younger people aren't putting up with stupid shit, despite right. our desperate attempt in the uh, pink wall-inspired, meat-grinding, uh, consumer cookie-cutter stamp-producing factories of public education that we have right now, where we yeah. try to strip them of every single shred of individuality that an individual thought that they may have, so they'll be good little consumers and right. you know won't think strategically outside of a narrow little box that we've put them in. Yeah, and ironically, in 2020, that box is coffin-shaped for Breonna Taylor, for the 200,000-plus dead in America, and I don't even want to recite the number for global dead for COVID. Um, But I also want to drop a little factoid into the brain holes of our tweens, teens, and 20-somethings, in 1920, women won the right to vote. In 1943, Chinese immigrants were granted the right to vote. In 1948, 
the last two states, get this, of Arizona and New Mexico, finally granted the right to vote to indigenous Americans. Um, In 1965, the Voting Rights Act was passed because of the civil rights movement. But a lesser known fact is that in the year of my birth, 1971, that was the year that the voting age dropped from 21 years old to 18. And so the children that we are raising enjoy the right, the privilege of having a voice and voting their voice um, because of, you know, protests and demonstrations in outrage of things like the Vietnam War, the killing of George Floyd, the killing of Breonna Taylor, um, the deaths of hundreds of thousands of women to botched uh, terminations of pregnancies. We have to be mindful of this timeline. We have to be mindful of the sacrifices that were made. Um, We're running short on time, Hertha, so I'm going to let you go um, so that you can resume your self-care. And I hope that Incantation Nation serves part of that self-care for you um, because I love you and I appreciate your work and your wisdom. I'm not calling you old. I'm calling you wise. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm happy to be older. It is a, an honor uh, not bestowed on some. And I love you and I can't wait to see you again soon. I love you too. All right. So in the last seven minutes, um, I'm going to tell folks that there is plenty that can be done above, and we have recourse. We have a way to to combat uh, the tyranny that, that we see um, and that there are people fighting um, for, you know, stopping this tyrant fan face. Um, and we learn new recourse every day. Um, Chuck Schumer saying, you know, two-hour Senate limits on how long a, uh, a topic can be discussed. Um, the retribution of Democratic voters um, and the, the blue wave of voters that are coming um, because of Trump's tyrannical treatment of the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the um, replacing of the Supreme Court justice. Pelosi has talked about impeaching Trump to stall his replacement. Um, We've talked a lot in the past two days about court expansion from 18 Supreme Court justices to 15 to 20, um, which does work, um, seeing as that is exactly how the circuit courts work. 
um, that there can be 20 people in a circuit court, judges, pardon me, and they will randomly pull three judges to sit and hear a case, which fixes this monolith of, you know, or would it be a dialect of conservative versus liberalism, whatever that means, um, within the Supreme Court justices, if you have a large and representative body of Supreme Court justices. Um, And also, more recently, adding two more states to the United States um, to do this. And that would add governors, representatives, um, senators. But before we go, in our last moments, and I merely have seconds, I want to read a poem, an incantation that was written in 1911 by Joseph Oppenheimer after hearing Helen Todd speak in 1910. As we come marching, marching in the beauty of the day, a million darkened kitchens, a thousand mill lofts gray, are touched with all the radiance that a sudden sun discloses. For the people hear us singing, bread and roses, bread and roses. As we come marching, marching, we battle too for men, for they are women's children and we mother them again. Our days shall not be sweated from birth until life closes. Hearts starve as well as bodies. Give us bread, but give us roses. And as we come marching, marching, unnumbered women dead, go crying through our singing their ancient songs of bread. Small art and love and beauty, their trudging spirits new. Yes, it is bread we fight for, but we fight for roses too. As we come marching, marching, we bring in greater days. The rising of the women means the rising of the human race. No more the drudge and idler, tend that toil where one reposes, but a sharing of life's glory, bread and roses, bread and roses. You have listened to Incantation Nation on this Friday evening, the 25th of September. Please enjoy the rest of your evening and be mindful of the changes. Bradwick.
one morning Round the first of May A man in black came walking Into a wooded glade Following the sounds of pipes On this beautiful spring day High from the music that they made But what beheld him Within that place A look of recognition Fell across his face Oh Lucifer, oh Lucifer Why do you appear to me? For I am a man of God A priest I'm no devil Yeah. 
up seeing things a little differently Appearing, disappearing, hardly innocent nor tied down to the ground I learned to roll and tumble with the punches Glory in my stripes and spots walk by invisible and never make a sound But heavy is the crown that's always hidden Tender is the heart you never see Hard and fast shines the grin that we flash But there's a vulnerable stripe or two on me Maybe any place outside of Wonderland is not for me, my friend If I leave my grin behind, remind me That we're all mad here, and it's okay Sun up, sun down, the shadows hide me down in Wonderland Wonderland, nobody knows the way But if you find it in your dreams, you can find it at your day job Somewhere south of hell Mind me that we're all mad here and it's 
Come greet an early morning with frost upon the land. A halo binds the moon with ice crystals in the air. And the skeletons of trees like guardians do stand. The harvest is long over. We've passed through Soundgate. Some misty woods are sleeping. For a breeze we kiss, they wait. And the wind it cuts like a knife for the bones of Jack Frost King. And the Winter King must now bow down to the champion of the green. And the Lord of the Woodlands is waiting in the leaves. Through the forest and the hedgerows, the song of life he weaves. With his feet deep in the soil, he watches over the green woods. He's a messenger from nature, this ancient wise god. Without the essence of the green eye 
pouring breath around us from the earth into the trees. By soil and shoot, stem and root, by leaf and bark and limb, we keep alive the wisdom of the Lord and Lady Green. And the wild man of the woodland is watching from the
What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.